0: If you listened before, that I'm going to talk about one of my books, available at Audible and iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and a plethora of outlets, and maybe sell one or two. To do that, I'm going to ask one of my characters from one of my books to bring the fit of the air spinning wheel center stage. Would you enter and sign in, please, on the wall chalkboard? He's writing with both hands at the same time. Wow, Bose, Bose Brannigan. Yeah, Bose. Where'd you ever get a name like Bose? I suppose it's short for Bozo. Watch it, Tenderfoot. You're asking for it. I'm still quick with the fish, you know. How old are you? Old enough to whoop your backside. I'm not going to do my Bogart, but I'll say of all the novels in all the world, he walks into mine. What book of mine are you in, Bose? I'm in the Matthias Jones series. Well, which book are you in, Bose? Six feet under, Mr. Big Shot. My boys and me have a tile business in Hamilton, New Hampshire. The Patio Boys. Wonderful. Would you kindly spin the fitting of the air spinning wheel? Yeah, I can spin that, baby. Round and round and round she goes. Where she stops, nobody knows. Okay, it's slowing to a stop, fortunately. Time Portal Alpha? What is that, an electric toilet seat? Yeah, right. Time Portal Alpha is a favorite story of mine, Bose. You need any patio work done? Goodbye, Bose. Thank you. Cheapskate? Time Portal Alpha started out as a series, a mission impossible for time travel where Mark McKenna brings his crew back in time to correct the evil deeds of Nico Morrow, who wants to level the playing field by bringing down the United States on planet Earth. It begins in present-day Southern California. When Morrow affects a change in the timeline, the crew assembles in space, a WAP of sorts, to avoid what McKenna and his crew can readily see is happening to the Earth below. So when we think of Southern California, we conjure up images of Hollywood, Disneyland, Beach Boys, not the Patio Boys. Palm trees grow, in the words of Neil Diamond, and let me add, freeways flow. Lots of freeways. Southern California is green in the freezing cold of winter back east flowers and manicured lawns, green golf courses. So what's the common denominator? The common denominator is not any of the above images you might conjure up about Southern California. But it is. Water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink, Mr. Coleridge. California's water system would foster the economic powerhouse that affected the rest of the United States. What if over 100 years ago there was no water brought to the Southland? Well, Mark McKenna and his crew can observe the timeline transformation firsthand and it's not pretty. The original arid landscape of L.A. was not desert, but it wasn't Beverly Hills either. Fred Eaton and William Mulholland. Eaton and Mulholland went on several expeditions up north to chart the water before L.A. became the L.A. we know today. I have two distinct lines of thought about the original project bring water to Los Angeles. It's very easy, like any argument, to latch onto a narrative more reflective of your own psychological makeup than to acknowledge concurrent or multi-current events. There are reasons why the water was brought to Southern California. Certainly former mayor Fred Eaton, who was aware of the Owens Valley water, and Harrison Gray Otis of the LA Times were prime movers, and so was William Mulholland chief engineer of the project and superintendent of the Water and Power in Los Angeles. The Bureau of Reclamation, as well as Teddy Roosevelt, approved of bringing water to L.A. Some people made fortunes, yes, Mulholland did his job. Some people got screwed, yes, others did not, but what is evident with the 1920s only a couple of decades away that Los Angeles and the country would be forever changed. The aqueduct H2O spurred the economic development of Los Angeles. People poured into California partially because of promotion not too long after the Civil War. Why all the hype, you ask? Money, money, money. A cornucopia of land companies contributed to the concept of California, the land of milk and honey. And so they came, populists in the industry. The idea of a land with ideal climate took hold as crates of oranges, lemons, and farmland crops from the San Joaquin Valley arrived in snow-drifted winter back east. The water brought into Los Angeles raised the standard of living. And then, as with many historical sagas, there's another story. Yes, many landowners in the Owens Valley up north were paid for their land, but most had no idea that the men coming up from LA were piecing it all together. To establish an aqueduct to los angeles there were attacks on the aqueduct and shootouts and many insiders made money off the san fernando valley land i'm not so naive to think that one side should dominate the history books more than the other i guess people come down on either side depending on their point of view surely the way the land was acquired in owens valley with little regard for family history family structure and food resources is reprehensible That doesn't mean that I throw out the extraordinary result of transporting the water to Los Angeles. The progress and hope for a good life for millions, and the contribution to Americana and the economic engine of the United States, is worthy of consideration. I guess this is a concurrent view of history. In researching this book, it was as if I were there on the aqueduct. Maybe I lived back in that time in California at the beginning of the 20th century, or maybe I've gotten too much inside my characters' heads. Or maybe, which is more likely, I've just gone cuckoo. I said at the beginning of this blog that the book didn't adhere to my original outline. McKenna and his people were to have confronted Nico Moro in subsequent books to rectify changes in time. Again, a Mission Impossible team for time travel. Except McKenna's team in this book is confronted with deadly consequences. And I didn't count on McKenna while working on the Los Angeles aqueduct, meeting and falling in love with Aubrey, a former Harvey girl who works the food concession along the aqueduct. The book balanced so much better with the villain Nico, McKenna's relationship with Aubrey, and the history of the aqueduct. November 5th, 1913. The water flows from up north to Los Angeles. Mulholland briefly spoke to the crowd, and the ceremony is in Time Portal Alpha. The event is reenacted in the audio version. Then Mulholland stood after the band had started playing and somebody shouted out, The man who built the aqueduct! Mulholland walked over and without notes began speaking. McKenna heard snippets of Mulholland's address. You have come here today to ask us to render an account of our stewardship, and we're come ready to do it. If the project fails, we are to blame. We took the responsibility for failure and willingly, gladly, have done the best we could. If there is a father of the aqueduct, it is the man who went out and found the supply, who made the preliminary plans, and who turned the project over to the city. Former Mayor Freddie, pioneer of the project, he planned it. We simply put together the bricks and the mortar this rude platform is an altar and we are on it here consecrating this water supply dedicating this aqueduct to you and your children and your children's children for all time Mulholland panned the crowd for a few moments that's all he shuffled back to his chair as the crowd screamed approval. the band stopped and Mulholland again stood and this time to open the gates atop Newhall the crowd ignited in a wild anticipatory frenzy as Mulholland stretched out the red, white, and blue American flag. Atop the intake, they turned the valves, and Mulholland's voice boomed out. There it is! it! was 1.10 p.m., November 5, 1913. The cascade was unleashed, and water from the Sierra Nevada Mountains gushed down the Steppe Spillway toward the San Fernando Valley. Crowd's cheering was overshadowed by the sound of crashing water. Am I favoring Mulholland because I admire the guy? Of course I am. From drifter to ditch digger to superintendent of the water and power to worldwide recognition, Mulholland represents the American dream in the early 20th century, not bad. With regard to the horrible St. Dam disaster, current geological studies indicate Mulholland had no way in the 1920s to evaluate what he could not see. In this past the buck world of today, who would take responsibility for the death and destruction regardless of the consequences? They would be laureate up. This is Robert P. Fitton. I'm stepping on that little puddle jumper outside and heading up north, past Desert into the Sierra Nevada Mountains and up to Mono Lake. There it is. Take it. All of my books are available in paperback, Kindle and audio at www.bittenbooks.com. You can listen to all my audiobooks on audible.com Just type in Robert P. Fitton